A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long tube with a bunch of demons. We believe that human beings are demons. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a a balance between I believe you have to know Christ, but God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. Radio is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are gods by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's all. Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king, who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing. And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples, but we take what he's created and we turn him into idols. I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode... I forgot what number. Episode 7 of The Master's Dog. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. Uh, This week we are, or this time around, we do more than one of these a week. Um probably do a whole lot more of them coming up i may actually have another one tomorrow that i'm gonna do but today we are going to address a video that kwaku l um dropped earlier this week i really wasn't gonna do it i was gonna try to just pull clips and not do the entire video um but just easier to listen to the whole video and respond so this is probably going to be kind of long his video itself is 19 minutes then you add in me talking it's probably going to be one of our longer episodes so buckle in um hold on and and enjoy the ride we're probably going to go for probably close to 40 minutes i wouldn't doubt that we're going to be a good 40 minutes in by the time we finish this up but i i really i thought this was an important one to deal with because of again some of the deceptiveness that is woven into 
their defenses of their scripture and so on and especially this one the book of abraham he's going to defend this week and talk about how true it is so with that we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump in we're going to let uh kwaku um start to give us his uh defense of the book of abraham Your testimony should not be negatively affected by anything anyone has said about the book of Abraham. So I'm going to give a little rundown of how we got the um, Probably should be. Um, again, this is, this is just one of those things where it's like, well, who cares what people say about this? Don't let it affect your testimony. Well, if, if there's evidence and proof and, and things that people are saying about the book of Abraham, especially the fact that it being false, then you should. Um, especially when it, it deals with the credibility of Joseph Smith as a prophet and so on. You should let it affect your testimony. So, again, they start off with this whole issue of either they start off going, this is why we're not going to have a really good defense because of this, this, and the other, or they're going to come in and obviously what he's saying is people have got proof. People have, have given good arguments to show the 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 fallaciousness of the book of Abraham. And he's, he's starting off by saying, well, don't let it affect your testimony. Just don't. You shouldn't let it affect your testimony, no matter what they say. You should. Absolutely. You should investigate what is said and let it affect your testimony. The book of Abraham, uh, the translation process, and then the evidence for the book of Abraham. Joseph Smith book of Abraham is not true. Papyri. And he basically translated the papyri and wrote the book of Abraham from that translation. He basically translated that papyri and wrote the book of Abraham from that translation. Pay attention, because that's important coming up. The issue is, when people look at the papyri that we have, they find that it does not match what the book of Abraham says, but for the most part seems to be some sort of Egyptian funerary scroll. It is an Egyptian funerary scroll. That's exactly what it is. It doesn't seem to be, and it absolutely does not match up with what Joseph Smith gave as the book of Abraham. So these are facts that are very important and very pertinent to the argument. And because of that conclusion, you have about two reactions. The one reaction is, oh, well, Joseph Smith just like made a thing up, whatever. Mormonism is false, or the restored gospel of Jesus Christ is false. But you also have a more of a nefarious twist to it. So you have some people that say things like, the book of Abraham is proven to be false, it's completely false, that's it, case is closed, the church is not true, the religion is not true. In fact, sometimes people even use language like, the case is closed, book of Abraham, don't look into Mormonism anymore. Well, the case is closed. The book of Abraham is false. And, and we're going to see, he's going to try to make these attempts at, at defending it, and it's not going to work, for one. They're, they're horrible um, arguments. But two, it's not, that's not why you shouldn't look into Mormonism anymore. I encourage everybody to look into Mormonism very deeply, including the, the way uh, that the Book of Abraham came about and the Book of Mormon came about and so on. I encourage everybody look deeply into the to the more to Mormonism, um, and uh, and really just investigate deep, very deep, especially things like this. People have used certain language about the Book of Abraham to promote this idea that it's not worth researching at all. 
Oh, it's absolutely worth researching. It's actually very entertaining researching if you really think about it. They kind of like up this idea of like Book of Abraham is false. Please don't look into it. Don't look into anything at all. There's no. This is what this is basically what they're telling you. Don't look into the the, the evidences that people give you. Um, here, let, let look at this shell game that we're going to show you over here, which he's going to show you in a few minutes. Look at our shell game, but don't really look into it. I'm going to tell you right now. Please investigate the Book of Abraham. If you're interested, if you're Mormon. If you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if you're an investigator into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or you are a Christian interested in what this is, please look into the Book of Abraham. There's no evidence whatsoever. That's it. It's kind of like in a movie when like some guy kills someone and he like puts the body in a closet and then the police come to his house and they're like... What's in the closet? He's like, well, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing to look in, I promise. There's no research you need to do. It's like that kind of a thing. But No, it's really not. Because that's not what any uh, opponent, we'll call it that, uh, anyone who is in opposition to the, the LDS church and who look, want, is... is proclaiming the book of abraham to be false it's exactly the opposite of what we're doing we are more than happy to have people look into it and research it because when you truly research it the papyri and so on and the 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 bad translation and and everything else um you're going to find that the book of abraham is false so once again please look into it when you look into the book of Abraham more, you find that there are some things that are worth noting before you can just write it off. And once you find that, you then find that there is evidence for the book of Abraham. So when we open the scriptures, we no. see the facsimile of the book of Abraham. If you were to grab the facsimiles in general, they're probably just about this big altogether. There's not too much we're operating from. And the issue with that is when we look at the accounts of those who saw the original papyri, the scrolls that Joseph Smith had, they always describe it as long scrolls that you could really unravel and that they, you know, went across the floor, just really long scrolls. But what we have today is not that. Okay. Now, I went looking, and so my challenge to Kwaku would be provide me with some of these quotes because growing up Mormon and in the research that I did today and over the weekend... Um, I can't say I did a, a exhaustive, but you know, general uh, Google searches and stuff like that for scrolls, Book of Abraham, anything like that. I can't find a single quote from anybody that says long scrolls. All I can find are quotes that say papyri. Nothing that says what he says here. So that's an important point. That's something to think about. I think he's being deceptive in this, but I'm willing to admit I'm wrong if he can provide me with some quotes of people who say long scrolls that spread across the floor. This isn't just some new theory that Mormon apologists are proposing. As early as 1968, people like Keith Terry were making the case that we do not have all of Joseph Smith's papyri that he translated the Book of Abraham from. We only have a little bit. And so when people say the book of Abraham is false, look at the papyri, we're saying we don't have all the papyri. We only have a little bit of it. And in fact, in 2000, John Gee made it very clear that we do not have all the scrolls Joseph Smith had. 
So anytime someone says, oh, papyri doesn't match, well, we have to call them out on the fact that we don't have all the papyri. Okay, you have to prove to me that you don't have all the papyri. It doesn't make any difference that you have two people as early as 1968 who say you didn't have all the papyri. Give me the proof that there was much more back when Joseph Smith or, or someone. You, the burden of proof is on you. What we have, what is produced in the book of Abraham, are three facsimiles, all horribly translated, absolutely incorrectly, proven to be translated incorrectly, and every evidence that he's going to try to provide coming up here, um, all come from those papyri. So he's not giving us anything that is outside of those papyri that are wrong or incorrectly translated. And so again, this is a this is a meaningless point. This is a well we'll call you out. Well no give me the proof. Give me the proof, Kwaku. Way to think about if you're in a history class, and we live in a world in which we only have one third of the Constitution preserved. The rest of it we just lost somehow. And some kid is in class and he says, Hey, the Constitution is terrible. I really don't like it. It doesn't cover enough. And you try to explain, well, actually, we only have one third of the Constitution, but there was a lot more that was there. And the guy says, nope, I've made up my mind. Without the full picture, the Constitution is dumb. Also, this history class is a cult. That person... Okay, this would be a, a, a good analogy if the one third or two thirds or whatever he said of the Constitution was horribly translated into a story about a dude named Kwaku who was going to be sacrificed um, at the Washington Monument um, by some guys in an Abraham Lincoln hats and uh, who were um, going to go to outer space near a star named um, Malik and live forever in uh, whatever. So again, you get my point. He's saying that we don't have everything, but what we do have is uh, papyri facsimiles that are not what Joseph Smith said they were. It would be unreasonable on this topic, so just make sure we can understand that. But let's examine the critical revisionist history of this, okay? If it is false and Joseph Smith just made something up, then it should just be nonsense. Or it should just be some general story about Abraham that's just like the Bible. If Joseph Smith just made it up, then the unique claims of the book of Abraham, and by unique I mean the things in the book of Abraham that are not found in the Bible. Those claims about Abraham. Theoretically, those claims should just be nonsense. And we should not be able to find any crossover between those claims in the book of Abraham and any claims in ancient manuscripts or Jewish documents regarding Abraham. But we'll get back to that in a little bit. Let's say that Joseph Smith actually did translate the book of Abraham, the papyri, and it matched exactly. How on earth would that help our church? How would that make him more credible? It really wouldn't. The book of Abraham's foundation isn't like the book of Mormon. An angel didn't bring the book of Abraham to Joseph Smith, right? He got it from a guy who was traveling in the United States. So if he just got the document and translated it and we said, look, look at our prophet, they would just go, that doesn't make him a prophet, that just makes him one of the guys who translated it. Problem is, Kwaku, that's what he said he did. Okay? He said he got these papyri, and he translated them. 
That's what he said he did. And he got it horribly wrong. When people who actually knew what these things were and what they said came along, they showed that he was a a fraud. So your argument is because he completely screwed these things up, that means he's a prophet? What sense does that make? This is the most absurd argument I've ever heard. So if the critics got exactly what they wanted from Joseph Smith and if the papyri matched exactly what the Book of Abraham was, it wouldn't make them say he's a prophet. They wouldn't care. It would just be another thing that got translated. It wouldn't be that cool. But It would actually mean a guy who didn't know Egyptian managed to translate Egyptian correctly into something that it wasn't, which would be pretty prophetic. But instead, it was a guy who took Egyptian translated it into something completely ridiculous, completely contrary to what it actually was, and it makes him look actually really pathetic. <laughs> but the fact that the unique claims of the Book of Abraham can be verified by other ancient Jewish texts that Joseph Smith did not know about and were not translated into English until far after the Book of Abraham was published, that is what makes it compelling. That's why we know Joseph Smith was a prophet. The fact that it may not match, but it's still true, shows that there was a divine work that went into Joseph Smith's translation process. Thing is, is you keep saying it's true, but it's not. You have no proof that it is true. You've got nothing to validate. You've got, you've got no documentation to validate the fact that it's true. You have a facsimile, and he's going to get into this, and so we'll talk about this, Maybe I should wait. But you have a facsimile that supposedly Joseph said was Abraham on an altar about to be sacrificed or killed by a priest. Which what it actually was, was a picture of a guy named Horus who was dead, who was about to be embalmed. So this is not true. This is, this is a, a poor translation, an inc inaccurate translation of a papyri into a story that now you're going to actually defend is true based on the fact that there are some other stories where Abraham was going to be killed, not even in the same way. And that's really cool. When I was in first grade, I did something really weird. This is At ridiculous. College Elementary in Rockville, Maryland. I wrote a paper about George Washington, and I made everything up. I just made it all up. None of it was true. I just thought it was funny. If I just completely wrote something about George Washington that wasn't even a little bit accurate, I said things like he, he discovered the Mayflower and punched a dragon. I just made stuff up, right? Well, <laughs> apparently they didn't fact check it. I went to, to the front office and I told them about my paper I just decided to write on my own and they were so proud that one of their students decided to take on history and write about George Washington. And they let me read it on the morning announcements on the intercom. I read to everyone um, about George Washington's life. And just none of it was true. I just made it all up. And I think I said, yeah, it's also his birthday today. And they were like, wow, it is. No one had fact-checked me at all. I just made it up. And I thought I was the funniest person ever because I did that. I walk back into class and everyone just starts clapping for me. And my teachers are so proud that I did all my research and history to find out about George Washington. Now, Okay. Really? One, what does this story have to do with anything? And two, you really expect us to believe that you went and even if it is an elementary school, and you read a story about George Washington punching a dragon 
and discovering the Mayflower and blah, blah, blah. And not a single teacher in that school went, this is absurd. And really, you just you just decide to write a paper, and they're just going to let you read it on the announcements. This doesn't even this doesn't even sound credible, Quaku. I, I I'm really tempted to call this elementary school and 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 find you shouldn't have added this. The this part of your video, Quaku, just makes you look like a deceiver, because I don't believe this is true. I can't imagine that not a single teacher in there went, you know what, we should shut this down because George Washington didn't punch a dragon. Really, Quaku? Yeah. If I had just made all that up, but we found out that the things I said in there were actually true, but I had no way of knowing, that would be a mystery. They'd be like, what? How, what? Quaku, you made it up, you're saying, but then it's all true? How would that happen? It would either be... I guess things that were so general anyone could have gotten them. Divine inspiration, or I actually knew those things. So, and with the case of Joseph Smith and the Book of Abraham, the claims in the Book of Abraham are either so general anyone could guess them, it's either of divine inspiration, or he just somehow was also an ancient Jew. Now remember folks, I am not an Egyptologist. I barely know how to choose emojis on my phone. So I'm not going to be making the case here of like, oh, well, this part of the facsimile means this because I am not qualified to do that. However, I do know how... And neither was Joseph Smith. And when the qualified people came along and looked at what he said the facsimile said, and they proved him to be wrong. And we should just leave it at that. But no, you're going to go ahead and, and try to defend it. How to read. And I do know how to find translations of ancient documents online. So remember, if the Book of Abraham is false, there should not be any crossover between its unique claims that are not found in the Bible and other ancient documents. Well, that's not necessarily true because coincidence does happen. But carry on. But there are. In fact, there are so many. I don't think it's possible that I could ever discount the Book of Abraham as being true scripture. In fact, there is so much evidence and crossover, I can't present it all in this video, but I can give a few of them. There is an old Eastern manuscript called the Chronicles of Jeremiel, and it contains a lot of things about Abraham. It's super old and was not translated and published in English until 1899. The Book of Abraham was published in 1835, so Joseph Smith did not have any access to the Chronicles of Jeremiel. So there's one unique... Okay. Joseph didn't have access to the the Chronicles of Jeremiel. Okay. That's going to be an interesting point that we're going to bring up here in a little bit. Claim in the book of Abraham. It's that Abraham was going to be sacrificed by priest because he wouldn't worship the idols of his father, Terah. All right. Here, before we do this, I'm, I'm going to throw this out, um, which is going to play into this whole Chronicles of Jeremiel. I have 55 cents. I have three coins and I have 55 cents one of those coins is not a nickel how do I have 55 cents I'll give you the answer in a minute this is not found in the Bible we know in the Bible that Abraham was supposed to sacrifice his son Isaac but there's nothing in the Bible about Abraham himself being sacrificed in an altar for not worshiping the false gods of his father but that is found in okay when when you don't do what somebody requires you to do it doesn't mean that they're gonna sacrifice you they're going to execute you. There's a difference. The book of Abraham is another unique claim, and people are going, where is Joseph Smith getting this from? God. 
Now, The Chronicles of Jeremiel is not supposed to be written by Abraham, but it draws on a lot of the events by Philo. Um, I've talked about him before on this channel. Whereas the Book of Abraham is something translated that's supposed to be exactly from Abraham. Now, in the Book of Abraham, it says, by his own hand upon Papyrus. So people assume that Papyrus is what Joseph Smith had. The Book of Abraham is Abraham literally telling his story. It's not someone else drawing upon someone else, drawing upon someone else, drawing upon someone else, like the Chronicles of Jeremiah is. It's just Abraham's exact words. By his okay, listen to how he described Jeremiah. The Chronicles of Jeremiel drew from somebody else who drew from somebody else who drew from somebody else who drew from Philo who drew from the Midrash who drew from the Talmud or, or whatever. That's an impo another important point. Own hands upon papyrus. Now the papyrus Abraham is talking about may not be the papyri we have, but the actual story that was supposed to get to Joseph Smith for us was what was given to Joseph Smith as he was translating from this other papyri. But again, Joseph Smith gave the impression that these papyri that he were translated were written by the hand of Abraham, by his own hand. Again, this is, this is what Joseph Smith presented to the world as being what he thought that he had. The story itself is by the hand of Abraham, not the paper itself. So yes, Abraham is going to be sacrificed because he will not worship the idols of his fathers. In the Chronicles of Jeremiel, the exact same thing happens. He's going to be put into a furnace. Now, in the Book of Abraham, he's going to be killed on an altar. In the Chronicles of Jeremiel, he's being put into a furnace. There could have been an altar in that furnace, in this ancient furnace, meaning this room where they're just going to set him on fire, right? But what we can take is that he's going to be killed because he won't worship these idols. This is a Okay, well, here's something else we have to take. They were going to put him into a furnace, which we see in, in other places, Daniel... Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put into a furnace. Um, and so we see other places where this is a, a, a punishment that was used. Um, and also, every account, extra-biblical, that I could find of Abraham in, in this situation was death by fire. Not a single account anywhere reflected what the facsimile that Joseph Smith supposedly translated shows of Abraham being put on an altar with a priest coming at him with a knife. That's important. A very specific, unique claim. Abraham himself, in the book of Abraham, is saying, I was going to be sacrificed on an altar because of it. And the Chronicles of Jeremiel, they're saying they're going to light him on fire because of it. Abraham saying sacrifice. Chronicles are saying lit on fire. And the Midrash says lit on fire. And Philo says lit on fire. And a bunch of other places that I can't remember. Genesis, Ben, something or other. Um, Jerome, um, City of God, um, Augustine, all talk about fire. None of them talk about an altar. None of them. But the Chronicles are not exactly from Abraham. But that's not only that he's going to be sacrificed for not worshipping these idols, which is already a bullseye. He gets rescued by an angel. He gets rescued at the last minute by an angel. How cool is that? So in the book of Abraham, an angel comes down and saves him at the last moment from being sacrificed. And in the Chronicles of Jeremiah, an angel as the Lord comes down. In the Chronicles of Jeremiel, not only does an angel come down to save Abraham, it goes up to heaven and you can hear the angels talking, and in fact you can actually hear God talking or the Lord talking about who's going to go down and rescue Abraham. If you're a lifelong Latter-day Saint who's been in a mission or is married, listen to some of the language in this. 
Then spake the angels to God, saying, O Lord of the universe, let us go and deliver this man from the fiery furnace. At that moment a dispute arose among the angels who said, Let us descend and deliver this man from the furnace. One said, I shall go down to deliver him. And another said, I shall go down to deliver him. Michael said, I shall go down. And Gabriel said, I shall go blah, down. Blah, 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 and blah, blah. spake God himself to Gabriel and said, I am one in my... It sounds very much like the video at the... Be or the, what used to be a play at the beginning of the temple ceremony in the video. Um... Michael, let us go down and create da-da-da-da-da. So, yeah, it sounds a lot like what Joseph put into the uh, the temple ceremony, which we also know is not true. My world, and so is this man, who was the first to declare the unity of my name. I wish I could speed this up. It is up. therefore meet that I, the one, should go down and rescue him, who is also one in his generation. It is pleasing to me to descend and rescue him from the fiery furnace. At that moment, God descended in his glory and in his strength and delivered him from the furnace of fire. He brought him forth without a blemish. So the Lord comes down and rescues him. But in the book of Abraham, Abraham says an angel came down to rescue him. Was this angel actually the Lord, Jehovah? Or was there just a confusion when this is passed down and eventually published in the Chronicles of Jeremiah? We don't know, but the fact was he's going to be sacrificed for not worshiping the idols of his father, and he's rescued by a heavenly being. But whether he was the Lord or not, it doesn't actually matter because... Lots of biblical stories have angels rescuing people. So it's not unlikely that Joseph Smith would make up a story about Abraham being sacrificed because he looked at a facsimile that looked like a guy about to be sacrificed and he decided he wanted it to be Abraham and um, to be rescued by an angel. And again, there's the, the little bird, which is the angel that is supposed to be coming down to rescue him in the facsimile. So, yeah. Because theoretically, if Jehovah came down to save Abraham and give him a message, he actually still fits the definition of an angel, because angel just means messenger, a heavenly messenger. And if Jehovah comes to tell you something, he's acting as an angel. Chapter 35, verse 3 of the Chronicles of Jeremiah says this, And the Lord said to him, Abram, I am the Lord who brought thee forth from the fire of the Chaldeans. And in the book of Abraham 1.6, it says this, And his voice was unto me, Abraham. Behold, my name is Jehovah, and I have heard thee, and I have come down to deliver thee. But it's not just in the Chronicles of Jeremiah that it says that. It's in another book, too. Tarjum, Jonathan, Genesis. It's another ancient Eastern book um, talking about Abraham. In fact, Tarjum, Jonathan, Genesis is talking about all of Genesis and gives a little bit more information and some different information that's found in the Bible. And it says this, And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought thee out of the fiery furnace of Kasdai to give thee this land to inherit. So what we have in the book of Abraham is Abraham about to get sacrificed, an angel comes down to save him, and then the Lord says, I have rescued you. These are not found in the Bible. These are only found in other ancient works Joseph Smith did not know about and in the book of Abraham. In Abraham 1.20, we see that the altar or the furnace is actually destroyed after Abraham is delivered from it and after he is saved. This specific situation is found in a lot of manuscripts. I'm going to read one. It's in Pseudo-Philo. And Abram arose out of the furnace, and the fiery furnace fell down, and Abraham was saved. In Abraham 1.20 it says, And the Lord broke down the altar of Elkanah and all the gods of the land, and utterly destroyed them, and smote the priest that he died. Also, fun fact, the priest who's trying to kill Abraham, being smitten, being destroyed, is also found in other ancient manuscripts too. Now, of course, one of the most unique claims of the book of Abraham is the astrology. Okay, so he's going to get into this, and again, a poor defense, but... So what we have is uh, Jeremiel 
that draws on Philo, that draws on all these other things in this Genesis, Jonathan something, Genesis, and all these other things. There are so many ancient manuscripts that go back that have this these stories of Abraham being uh, punished in a fiery furnace that there were manuscripts that Joseph did have access to. So he's throwing Jeremiel at you. He's holding Jeremiel up. Again, this is a shell game. He's holding Jeremiel up and going, this wasn't done until 1899 and Joseph didn't have access to it. But Jeremiel draws from all these other ones that were available in like the as early as the 10th century, um, as early as the 1600s translated into English. So there were... Uh, manuscripts that Joseph did have access to. Remember my, my question. I have three coins adding up to 55 cents and one of them is not a nickel. How do I have 55 cents? Well, I have two quarters and a nickel. Two of the three coins are not nickels. He is showing you, he's saying, this is not a nickel, but the nickels are back here. They're actually there. And so Joseph Smith did have access to it. And if he did or not, again... You are telling a story that is that Joseph Smith brought off of a facsimile that you've already admitted does not mean what Joseph Smith said it did. So Joseph Smith is going, look, here I have this picture, and this is Abraham being sacrificed. And then real Egyptologists come up and go, no, this is Horus being embalmed. And you're like, oh, well, he got it wrong. So, so, But then there were some right stuff there, so that means it's right. No. You are literally taking a story that came off of a picture that is proven to be false and now you're trying to defend it because someone else thousands of years ago or more wrote about a, a different story that's slightly similar but nowhere near. If there's an altar inside the furnace, how is a priest going to sacrifice him inside the furnace when there's going to be fire? Wouldn't that mean that the priest is going to be set fire too? So because of a coincidental, this is this is where the atheist came from with the Zeitgeist movie. And they were like, well, you know, Krishna was born on December 25th and this and that and da 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 da. This is not an argument to support. You, this, is, this is just false. Kolob and Kokob and Olea and all that stuff. And how Abraham sees the stars and he sees the firmament. And he basically, God essentially lets him look into space and see all these things. It's a really beautiful and amazing part of the book of Abraham. The issue is it's not really found in the Bible. The only thing found in the Bible is when God tells Abraham that his descendants will be numbered like the stars. But that's not necessarily astrology. I'm going to use the term astrology in this video. I'm not talking about horoscopes or zodiac signs or anything like that. I'm going to go by the Webster's definition of astrology being the divination of the supposed influences of the stars and planets on human affairs and terrestrial events by their positions and aspects. You just gave the definition of horoscopes. Do you not realize that, that this Webster's definition of astrology is you just gave the definition of horoscopes? What you're trying to pass this off of as is astronomy, which is just knowledge of planets and things like that, which is not what any of these things that you're about to say that Abraham, it would make sense that Abraham learned astrologies from Pharaoh's magicians and not astronomy, right? heavenly study of the stars is the information that Abraham has. This you just completely twisted that definition to mean something else. 
This is deception, Kwaku. This is why people accuse you of being deceptive in the things you do. You are lying right now. This is a very unique part of the Book of Abraham, and people think, again, Joseph Smith just made that up. But in other ancient manuscripts, this seems to be a recurring theme of Abraham having information about the stars and how he's exercising that information. So in the Book of Abraham, we, we have God just telling Abraham all about the stars. In the Chronicles of Jeremiah, we have something similar. In the Chronicles of Jeremiah, it says, And Abram was rich in cattle, silver, gold, and in all the wisdom of Hermetica and astrology, which he had acquired in Egypt from Pharaoh's magicians, so that there was none so wise as he. From Egypt, these scientists spread over Greece, and Abraham was able to foretell the future by observance of the stars, and he was very wise in astrology. So he told the future from observance of the stars. He made horoscopes, according to Jeremiah. So the claims here is that he knows all he knows astrology he knows you know stuff about the stars and stuff but that he also picked it up in egypt by the magicians in the book of abraham he's saved from sacrifice by the egyptians and right after god opens the heavens and shows him the stars so abraham gets this information in egypt or right outside of egypt by his own admission but when someone else is telling the story they're basically saying yeah he picked it up in egypt by the pharaoh's magicians but that guy didn't know that it wasn't the pharaoh's magicians it was god but again, we see this crossover of Abraham being given information about the stars. This isn't found in the Bible, but it's found in the book of Abraham and other ancient manuscripts. And again, Kwaku is giving you this... Uh, Jubilees discovered and translated in 1946 to 1956, but those things were available in other manuscripts much earlier. Excuse me. So Joseph Smith may have had access to these things in other manuscripts far earlier than this. Again, the nickels are back there. He's just showing you the quarters. I'm going to give one more example of a super cool thing. In the book of Abraham, Abraham sees the spirits that existed before this world. He sees the pre-mortal existence, and he sees the divine counsel. Okay, so he's he's showing some things, one from Apocalypse of Abraham and then Abraham 3. Um, doesn't really get into what these things say or anything else. I mean, I'm going to pause it for a minute. You can pause it, read everything. But I don't think the whole, the everything relates to each other. Um, you know, a divine world council, um, so on. I just, I don't think the two actually really coincide. Multitudes of tribes who existed previously. Um, who existed in the divine world. For this it seemed pleasing to my sight. So afterwards I gave commandments to them through my word. And it came to pass that whatever had determined to be was already planned before. And in this picture vision before you as it stood before me before it was created as you have seen. So again, I mean, I don't know make your judgment i still don't think this is enough the book of abraham it goes on and abraham sees jesus christ with god he sees all the primordial spirits and he sees how they've chosen sides the people who are good and the people who are wicked in the apocalypse of abraham he sees the same thing he sees it divided people who are good and people who are wicked some who will come into the world and some who have already come into the world 
but he sees the heavens open and he sees these spirits. This is exactly what happens in the book of Abraham. And by the way, this is not it. This is not all the coincidences of things that line up with the book of Abraham and other scriptures. There's so much more. Ask yourself this question. If Joseph Smith was just making it up, what are the odds he could get this stuff right? What are the odds he would know that Abraham himself was going to be sacrificed? And specifically going to be sacrificed because he would not worship the idols of his father. How but sacrificed in a way completely different than every other manuscript says that he would. How would he know that the thing they were going to kill Abraham on was going to be destroyed after Abraham would be rescued? Completely different... Uh, mode of execution as well from a, a furnace so again that so uh distant a coincidence that the two don't coincide by an angel how would he know that abraham was taught astrology specific unique astrology how well if you could get the the definition right then and not twist that it might have carried a little more weight but would Joseph Smith know that God opened the heavens and showed Abraham the spirits? How would Joseph Smith know any of those things? The information was not available to him. Everything that I've quoted to you and showed in this video were things that were translated into English after the book of Abraham was published. But the majority of them came from things that were older and uh, came from things that were older and older and older and many of those were translated into English long before Joseph Smith wrote the book of Abraham, and so he may have had access to them. Or after Joseph Smith died. So you have to ask yourself this question. How could Joseph get it right? Was he a liar or was he a prophet? It's one of the two. The book of Abraham was translated exactly by the papyri we have. It would not be interesting, would it? It would just mean Joseph translated something. But the fact that it may not match but is still accurate and authentic to history, shows that there is a translation process going with God and Joseph that has benefited all of us. Okay, and so um, Joseph said that he translated these papyri. This is what Joseph said he did. He said, I've taken these, I've read them, I've listed out all the stuff that it means, and this is what it is. And he was wrong. He, was, he has been proven to have been wrong. And so what you're telling us, Kwaku, is that we have some stories that really don't coincide that are kind of very vaguely similar to these other stories, but really are, I don't know, and they came from these pictures that Joseph Smith mistranslated, and so because he was wrong in his translation, he's really right and he's a great prophet. This is what Kwaku is expecting you to believe. LDS church member, if you're watching this, please dig deep into the book of Abraham. When I was young, I was given things like Quetzalcoatl and, and different things and pyramids and stuff like that that were used to try to teach, to get me to be convinced that the Pearl of Great Price and these things were accurate. And those have all been proven to be false. And now we have a whole new uh, amount of arguments to give evidence for false books to try to convince you. I'm not trying to hide the evidence and say, don't investigate. Please investigate. Dig deep 
and find the facts that this stuff is wrong. Joseph Smith was not able to translate these papyri. He translated them wrong, and he they've been proven to be wrong, and that's the bottom line. If he truly is a prophet of God, why would God let him translate them wrong? And then try to use that, well, that just wouldn't be interesting. That makes zero sense. If you are an investigator into the LDS church, look into these things. Please, I am begging you, look deep into this stuff. Because I am convinced that if you truly look into the evidence, you will be convinced that this is false. And this is why Kwaku is doing everything he can to twist and turn and manipulate all this stuff and to play their little shell game to try to convince you that this might possibly still be true. Christian, if this is you watching and you're interested in how to witness and, and help your, your, your Mormon brother, neighbor, my encouragement is the same as it always is. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.